She's stuck in the elevator. Stuck in the... Piggy! Piggy, are you okay? This is my oh. worst nightmare, Kermit. Oh. Everybody's oh. staring at my legs. Oh. The one day I skip my calf raises and this happens. Don't worry, Piggy. I'll be right back with some emergency jeggings. Mm. There are no jeggings. Mm? Hope ah. is what she needs now. Okay, okay. I don't... Hang on, Piggy. Mm. Bobo, do you have any idea what you're doing? Yeah, sure, sure. I was a mechanic back in the service. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, elevators and helicopters are basically the same thing. What? It's all about how high you want to go. Oh, I'm not sure that's exactly right. Ah! Oh, oh, Piggy! Oh, 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 no! Now everyone's staring at my forehead and I'm overdue for my Botox! Uh, not, not red. Do, uh, do definitely something. green. Piggy! Okay. Oh, oh, Be right back, Kermit. Just no, no, going no, up the no, 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 so there was a backlash against Mexican and we're going Greek. I feel awful. Oh, feel awful? Yeah, give me one of those, would you please? Okay. And oh, and tiramusolata. They've got it. When the Muppet Show is over, you know where to go. Come on down to Ralph's Tavern and let's talk Muppets. Hello and welcome to Ralph's Tavern. Well, it's not actually from Ralph's Tavern, it's from a hotel room in Atlanta, Georgia. But uh, on the menu today, we've got, um, well, we don't really have anything on the menu, because it's, it's a pretty different kind of show. Uh, but the episode that we're talking about is Pigs in a Blackout, the seventh episode of The Muppets on ABC. Joining us this week is... Well, it's a lot of people. This is a very special show, folks. It's pretty different from anything else we've ever done, and it's hard to describe it, so just just listen. Are we on? We're on. Take We're already away. on. Okay, yeah. we can already take it away then. Yes, well, yes, we can. instead of being in our usual location at Ralph's Tavern, we're here in a hotel room in Atlanta, right near the Center for Puppetry Arts. And when I say we, I am not using a royal we. I'm not just talking about myself, JD Hansel of MuppetHub.com. See, this is what happens when I don't have a script in front of me like usual. You know, you didn't have Kermit open the other show. Could we have Kermit open this one? Uh, well, well the, but those openings are pre-recorded. It doesn't matter. All right, apparently it doesn't matter very much, even though, see, here's the problem. I have had so little water that you can hear the scratchiness in the voice, and Nobody I can't get the Nobody cares about you right. should just keep doing the voice and not complaining. Really. Fake it till you make it. Okay, all right, well, in that case. Uh, now, as you may have noticed, there are some other people here who are not normally How here. How are they going to notice? They can't see anything. <laughs> They they can hear other voices, Steve. You know, you believe it or not, it's actually possible for people to hear voices that are not yours. Did you know that, Steve? <laughs> Nicely done. That's good. <laughs> what, what is not possible is for them to see the fist bump that we just did, Steve. No, no, they can't see that. All right. So as you all have probably figured out by now, this is Steve Swanson of the Muppet Cast at MuppetCast.com. Hi, hi, I'm Steve, Steve Swanson from the Muppet Cast at MuppetCast.com. And we are joined by all the way from Washington. D.C. We have Ariane Gallagher, if I'm not totally mispronouncing that name. I think I got it approximately correct. You totally got it. Very good. Okay. All right. Uh, would you like to say anything about yourself? I am a Muppet fan extraordinaire. been listening to these guys for a really long time. Came down here um, thanks to Bonnie Erickson, and now I'm talking about the Muppets. Can't have a better day than that. All right, and this is very exciting for me. You don't have to keep doing the Kermit voice, by the way. Well, now you've started it, and I'm sticking to it. Are I'm you going to do it for the whole show? I'm going to try. You were just complaining for like ten seconds of the voice, and now you're now, you're, the whole now you're committing to like half an hour. 
Well, see, these these are the kinds of irrational decisions that I make when it's well after 10 o'clock at night. You can totally backtrack. We need to have more Sam the Eagle, though. We gotta mix it up. Oh, oh, yeah. Ah, yes, Sam the American Eagle is a bit easier for me to do even without water. Yes, now, this is a most important and dignified episode because we have had all men so far on Let's Talk Muppets and Only Men, and that is not the way that this is supposed to work, because that does not represent the diversity of the wonderful Muppet fan community. Well, and Sam being on the prowl, as it were. Which we'll get to. That, yes. That's a little more apropos, uh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Sam is on the prowl. And Where did Sam go? Well, he went on the prowl. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he, just, he just left. See, that's how stealthy he is. is that he, he's, you're not even looking when he's prowling, see? No, you're right, I'm not. See, that's the way this works, see? Uh-huh. And uh, we also have with us the longtime listener, Chris Harris. The uh, Master C. Harris, mm. as he is known on Twitter. Say hello, please. Uh, hello. No, you were supposed to say, hello, please. Hello, that was all. please. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Got it. We are all officially slap happy that? at this <laughs> point. <Yeah. laughs> you got it. Glad to be here. Okay, then. Let's get moving right along. We have a lot of things to talk about today. So, uh, well, we don't have all that much time to do it. I think this is going to be a pretty short, simple show, not too segment-focused because it's just a bunch of guys talking about what we thought of this episode of The Muppets on ABC with Mr. Jason the Bateman. Yes, yes. And for... Does anyone know, by the way, the answer to my trivia question, what movie has Kermit the Frog and Jason Bateman been in together? I'm going to take a wild guess and say Mr. Magoo's Wonder Emporium. Mr. Emporium. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one point for the frog. Uh, and so, first impressions is what I was going to start, and we can start on either end. Who would like to go first? Um, so I really like this episode. I think... Well, that's a very good first impression. It is and a we're great done. Moving oh. Great right balance. Along. Great balance. <laughs> Continue, please. I'm sorry. I, th- I, I thought it was a really great episode. I thought it was a really good balance in terms of the pacing of the jokes and the different character stories that were going on. I think out of all of them I've seen so far, I think this one felt the most right. Wow, it's a very, very strong uh, impression there that I left on you. All right, uh, Chris? I loved this episode. Uh, it was a very Muppety episode, and I feel like this one got a lot of things right that many of us felt had been missing all along, but overall, I think it was a great episode. And, and Steve, would you like to break the trend by absolutely despising this episode? I considered it, but uh, <laughs> no. I, I actually, I, I think, yes, I did like the episode. I... For me, it was more important that it was the second really good episode in a row. Now, that is a very, very, very good point. Because uh, my problem with the series thus far is that I was actually getting a feeling reminiscent of the Star Trek movies. With the first one. Yeah. With the first one, everyone's like, well, I'm glad that this is a thing that's happening. I'm just not crazy about it. Yeah. And then with the second one, it's like, now we're getting somewhere. And then with the third one, it's like, and you blow it again. Yeah. And with the fourth one, it's like, this is really fun. This is the best one ever. And it seemed like we were following the Star Trek pattern almost exactly. And now I think we've uh, finally broken the curse here by getting two solid episodes in a row. Yeah. Which is very, very satisfying. Well, And everyone that we've talked to who's been a little more closely connected with the show has confirmed that, yeah, we know we've sort of figured some more things out now and that it's generally going to get better. So. Yeah, I think uh, Steve Whitmire was telling us that he's pretty aware that they've 
pretty much hit their stride now and they're on the upward slope. Yeah, I would. I think that's and and, yeah. and that's that's good. You can definitely tell the, the what you feel in this episode. Here's my first impression, I guess, or, or it's sort of my fourth, if you count Kermit, Sam Eagle, and a very brief Fozzie. But it's, uh, it's well, sorry, you made that pun last week's show or the show before that, I can't remember, mm. with the count, remember? Oh, so yeah, yeah. My, Well, that was weird because we both started our shows with the count, and we didn't, because you started with the count impression, too. Uh, I did for the Jared episode, for, for Jared's Yeah, episode. so you did it. And yeah, but that wasn't I really did. the count. I wasn't actually doing the count specifically. Oh, really? I was just doing a uh, miscellaneous vampire voice. Okay, because I, I started so, mine with kind of a count impression after yours and not knowing that you had done it. So then I listened yeah. to your show like, you got to be kidding me. When did, <laughs> how did that... Yeah, well, uh, if I wanted to sound like the count, I would have gone closer to the count. I was trying to make it sound pretty different, though, because I didn't want to be... I didn't. That wasn't the point. Oh, for I see. Me, because it's not really... A, a Let's Talk Muppets is not really a Sesame Street show. No, that's that's very and true. And so that yeah. wouldn't have been... Speaking of which, hey, how, what, what did you think about this episode? Oh, yes, my first impression, yeah. of course. Yeah, lost track of that. This is the episode in which you certainly get the sense that uh, now they have hit their stride, and they're comfortable with what they're doing, and they get it. They know the game that they're playing now, and they're just playing it well. They're just demonstrating... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't think dexterity is the right word, but and I don't think literacy is the right word, but that gets us closer. Uh, they have a familiarity with the proper tone of this show, and they're just going to... They're, they're, they're sticking with it. They're making it work very, very well, I think. And we see a lot of things that go exactly the way they should have, and a lot of things that made me go, wow, I'm absolutely in love with this show. Well, there's a little bit more story arc now as well. Yeah, I think that what we've seen here is a very focused show, and I think that when a show is very focused, that helps it out a lot. Mm -hmm. that's, that's certainly my experience. Now, to go through some of the story points... Uh, I think I had a plot synopsis up on my phone here. I wasn't it's amazing whole... how natural this Kermit voice. I'm, I'm, it's not even phasing me anymore. It's just like, okay, this is what it's going to be. We're just, we're just there now. <laughs> you started it, Steve. This is all your fault, Steve. It's all you. And I don't even like the sound of it right now at this point because well, I have you, not had enough water. You, you don't have to keep, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's too late. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's like what Miss Piggy said in this episode. I don't remember the exact quote, which is the problem. That would have made this perfect, but I didn't have enough time to take enough notes. Uh, but she said something along the lines of... Uh, uh, she already started, and now I'm going to power my way through it. Yeah. 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 So uh, for a very, 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 very brief plot synopsis, we get a... Kermit is feeling the pressure at work, so he goes to a private yoga retreat where he runs into a stressed-out Jason the Bateman. Now, the problem, of course, is that that skips a ton of stuff. Wow. We start off with a cold open. That was an odd start. I didn't really get the, what the point was of his uh, fancy parking spot. It seemed like the only thing uh, that they were really trying to do there is establish that Kermit actually comes from a swamp in Mississippi, and we now have that confirmed because we thought from... Uh, we thought it might have been Florida because of uh, the Muppets at Walt Disney World, but well, see, that no, was but, just a movie. But there was a previous episode where he was in the, the darkened room hiding from Fozzie, talking about uh, how he could chuck it all and move back to Mississippi. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. But, well. but yeah, so it was an odd way to start off uh, with Kermit there, what he said. But then once he got going, once or once the show got going, once he saw Sweetums driving with the buttery cart 
and we got the fantastic drum score from Animal. Yes. Like, I was getting a bit of a Birdman vibe from that, actually. I don't know if anyone else was... <laughs> I didn't even think that. about that, but you but, know what? Because I had just watched Birdman for my first time around the time that I was watching this episode. That makes sense. And so yeah. I got very much the same kind of feeling of that chaos added by that fantastic uh, sort of jazzy drum score from Animal. And it's a really... I've never seen Animal supply a score in this way. And yet, all by himself, he added so much to the tone without doing anything too wild or crazy on the drums, just doing really good drumming. And it was it was great. So I loved seeing a lot of Sweetums. Uh, yeah, I've never seen Sweetums drive a golf cart, for that matter. And the fact that he was screaming, there's butter on the brakes, <laughs> at first is like, okay, that fits. And then you go, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I know what you mean there. Uh, and it's another good episode for Bobo, because as the, all the chaos is happening, we see uh, Miss Piggy is stuck in the elevator, and Bobo oh, is talking yeah. about uh, yeah. how any kind of engineer is exactly the same. Well, any kind of mechanical contraption is pretty much like a helicopter yeah. in some case, you know. With, and it got progressively more ridiculous. And, and who should show up to totally own that scene and steal it from all of the greatness that it had previously had from so many other characters but Uncle Deadly? <sighs> Blew them all out of the water. They were all doing so well. And being I so love strong. Uncle and Deadly, Deadly in the whole series. This entire series, he is just... like any The number of times that I have laughed watching this show, most of it has been with Uncle Deadly playing the wardrobe guy and just the jokes that he does about mm -hmm. uh, working for Miss Piggy and the, the whole thing he did with her Spanx, the yes. one episode. <laughs> oh. and, this, and this one, when he was talking about how the shrugs were ruined and just kind of consoling her when she was at such a loss, I just think that they've done so much with the character and it's been perfect. And like I've cracked up yeah. so many times with Uncle Deadly in this show. Well, I, was, I, I feel the same way. He's... He hasn't. He didn't have much of a character on the Muppet Show, except that he was just kind of mysterious and a little dark. Mm -hmm. um, and then he kind of he had a little bit more of a character in the Muppets film, but I think they've really decided. Okay, so this is kind of a prissy character. He sort of just kind of minces around the studio, following Piggy with a lint roller, or <laughs> and those are great moments too, because he comes out of nowhere with that lint roller. I mean, he's like a ninja, and the way that he oversees, like, when we'll, we'll get to all the, some of the great deadly moments in this, but you're right, there are so many laughs in this show mm -hmm. that come from Matt Vogel's creation yeah. of, I mean, really, he's created a completely new character. He's just used Uncle Deadly as the vessel for that. It makes you wonder what happened to Hilda, though. It does make you wonder what Uncle Deadly did to Helda because she didn't just go away. She didn't just disappear. I mean, no. maybe Piggy just completely drove her nuts and she just left. I don't know. Poor Hilda. No, that could be. <laughs> Do we need an online petition to bring back Hilda? <laughs> okay, but, but right I like now, Uncle Deadly. We don't want to replace Uncle Deadly. No, no, we don't. We don't. No, we we just uh, want a, a second Uncle Deadly. We could, Hilda, Hilda would be a good antagonist, actually. Oh to, yeah. Um, yeah. Now that I think. Okay, so uh, we gotta bring. Work with me, phone. Bring Hilla back to Muppets. Yes. I'm typing nullets. Come on, stupid phone. <laughs> no. Siri okay. should know better. Yeah, yes. I know she should. But uh, I was thinking of Uncle Deadly's line, uh, there are no jeggings. Hope is what she needs <laughs> now. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I'm also wondering how Fozzie 
uh, survived his fall in the elevator shaft. Because, well, we don't see Fozzie after that fall, so I don't know. Well, there, he survived. might be still it's, stuck in there. You know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. How funny would it be if next week he crawls out of it? <laughs> that would be the perfect way to start the, the upcoming episode is with him. It really would. That would be great, yes. No, no, they start the episode with... Uh, Fozzie in the hospital room, and Statler is the only one to visit. Yeah, all right. Uh, so uh, Kermit's clearly uh, he gets in a bit of trouble. I can't remember what happens. Uh, my my memory is not working for me. What happens to Kermit that he gets hurt? Well, he just the, the stress gets to him of everything going wrong, and so he I mean it, he just blacks out. He passes out, and uh, it's it's funny because you know you. Muppets are almost cartoony kind of characters. They're not the same, you know, everything, but everything is an animated character. But, you know, Muppets getting knocked around or getting knocked out, like that kind of thing happens all the time. So to see a Muppet just faint under stress, like it, it sort of humanized Kermit a little bit. And I, I, I don't know if it was something I particularly loved or, or disliked, but it was like, well, that's interesting. We don't really get to see a, a Kermit reaction like that. Typically, he would just like scream and flail his arms and you know, run off, but like, nope, he just drops like a rock. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was good, but what really made that uh, just very, very fun for me was the reactions that we got afterwards from Denise and Miss Piggy. Yeah. Who wants to talk great. about this? Who that was to... interesting. I mean, that was a really interesting um, character dynamic because, one, it's like it's been only like maybe the third time that we've seen Denise mm -hmm. on the series, yep. and you can kind of see that... Um, it's not necessarily a battling role between her and Piggy, but I think it's part of it was looking like Piggy's still trying to give up that role of being Kermit's girlfriend. And you kind yeah. you kind of see that. I mean, and it's not it's not necessarily that she she's like she's like I know, I need to I, I'm still working mm -hmm. on it. Like you could that she kind of acknowledged it and she's like she's like I'm behind on the pacer, I'm behind. And so it wasn't necessarily her sort of feuding for Kermit's attention, but it was it was she still felt like she was in that role and kind of running to see if she was okay and, and wanting to fill that role, but Denise was there. So I thought that was really interesting and a really deeper level with those two characters versus just like the typical like ex-girlfriend and girlfriend battling one another. I think I saw it a little bit differently uh, because what I was getting was more of a sense that, uh, uh, well, we saw in uh, the previous episode that Piggy is sort of trying to uh, uh, poo-poo Denise and make her mm -hmm. seem like she's not that special. However, I think mm -hmm. that while uh, Piggy is aware that, you know, Denise is a bit younger and calls her a kid, and there are many areas in which she can be very dismissive of Denise, I think she's aware that Denise has one benefit of actually genuinely uh, having care and affection for Kermit that manifests itself in healthy ways. That's one area where Denise... Has Piggy beat? Well, it's one area where and Denise has Piggy beat, but that's another reason why Denise isn't going to be around forever is because she's a pretty healthy character. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I hope she sticks around for a while because I, I really love Denise, I must say. Well, um, I, I saw it even... I, I well, think what, I saw... Well, what I was... Oh, okay, I didn't finish my point, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go for um, it. If you're going to let me do a podcast, you got to let me finish my point, Steve. That's just how You can't chamber me up because now I'm, you know what I'm going to do. It's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I won't do it this one time. It's Denise was. But uh, the next time you're in real trouble. Okay, all right, that's very good to know. Um, 
But see, the problem is I know I'm totally derailed and I have no idea what I was going to say. I'm which so you knew, you knew that was <laughs> going to happen. You knew that was going to happen too. Uh, but I, I, oh, I have absolutely no memory of where I was well, going. While you're thinking this, about it, I have noted ahead. here. Um, I love the way Denise rushed to Kermit's aid. She clearly cared, and the pig's attempt to one up her is delightful. There we go. I think yes. this gets me on track because what I saw is because Miss Piggy knows that this is the one area where Denise has her beat. That's what triggers her instinct to try to one-up everybody, which, of course, plays a part in our theory on why every single one of her guests is a blonde. Yes, which we came upon. She has to one-up every other blonde woman in Hollywood. I'm still ready for a brunette. I'm just on record to say. Same here. But but I actually, I want to go back to your point a little bit. Yeah. um, Where where you're talking about seeing their dynamic, because I thought that was really interesting. I saw it as... It's not necessarily that Piggy wants Kermit back. It's that she feels more challenged by another female who cares for Kermit. Mm-hmm. Because she does still care for Kermit, even if she's she may or may not still be struggling with the romantic side of it. But it's just the fact that there's another one there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, I think three of us have overanalyzed Miss Piggy and Denise. <laughs> it's, on, it's on you, Chris. I don't know if I have much more to add to that. I mean, I, I, I kind of see it from Steve's perspective, too, but... I did enjoy that whole exchange between yeah. Piggy and Denise uh, when they were suggesting Kermit to go to the, the uh, spa. And uh, Piggy was just adamant that she was going to be disagreeing with Denise. Oh, and, no matter what she <laughs> yeah. said. <laughs> and then they, you know, they had the same idea or they were in agreement, but she couldn't back, she couldn't back down after that. And there was there one was. little exchange in that whole thing, and you, you probably caught this too, where... Um, as they're, as Piggy is kind of arguing somehow with Denise, although not really, but in some weird parallel way, um, Denise says, you need to stop worrying about everyone else and finally do something for, and we all know that Denise, being the caring one, is going to finish the sentence by saying yourself. Piggy jumps in, you need to finally do something for me. <laughs> Meaning, yeah. okay, as, as much as Piggy's trying to pretend that she's caring, She's still Miss Piggy. Yes. And that, for me, is the definitive uh, 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 factor, I'd say, as far as the difference between Kermit's relationship with Denise and Kermit's relationship with Miss Piggy. Kermit's relationship with Denise is going to be more healthy because they actually want to take care of each other to some extent. Mm-hmm. Kermit's relationship with Miss Piggy is hell. Well, Kermit, I think, and going back to the point, we think we all probably think that they're going to wind up back together. And this, Jason Bateman illustrates this too, Kermit needs unhealthy relationships. He's the most codependent frog I've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, And Maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Kermit couldn't stop himself from from helping Jason Bateman, even though Bateman was really awful to him. You know, and just kept loading his problems on, like maybe a certain pig that yes. we know. You know, Kermit needs the problems of everyone else because when he has peace and calm, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, unless uh, he's playing the banjo. Unless he's playing the banjo on the Rainbow Connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can we talk about the just the puppetry of? Kermit doing that at the end of the show. You are not second. allowed. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. Yes. Like just, the, he was sitting on the log, like the finger movements with the banjo. Oh, it's just yeah. every episode, just the puppetry itself and a lot of different things that they've been doing has just been 
so increasingly impressive. Like every episode, there's at least like two or three moments where you're really just super impressed yeah. by the puppetry. And that was for yeah. this episode, that was it. Just kind of him playing and you could see the finger. And it really looked like he was playing the banjo. I mean, great. he was finger picking. It wasn't just It wasn't just strumming, kind of like, yeah. And it, it was, was like, great. And I, I didn't notice that until someone had pointed it out to me. It was like, wait, let me go back and see that. Oh my gosh, you're right. Because it's so subtle. But it's something that you just you completely buy the character. It was great. Now, uh, uh, one of the things that I tweeted in the live tweet that I did was, uh, uh, from now on, no one is allowed to sing Rainbow Connection if they don't include the line, Chill out, Phil! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny, too. I loved it. Yeah. And so, uh, going back to where we were in the story... Yes. Um, I, I apologize you. for the interruption. <laughs> I no, no, I, I, I pulled us off with Jason Bateman, so you're fine. Sorry, yeah. you pulled us off a lot tonight, Steve. Mm, well, and we are running best. out of time, and so... Uh, I loved it when Animal <laughs> said to Sweetums, uh, uh, I don't know if I can do an animal voice, You've got big mouth! Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it'll do for now. Uh, yeah, I that, that was, was... It's just so it random. It didn't need to be there. It didn't need to be there at <laughs> all. It was funny. It's yeah, just it like, worked. somehow animals never noticed this before, and now he's just pulling the mouth open. To... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like maybe that was something they were doing before the take started, and then it happened, and they just kept it. And then uh, uh, Yolanda's sarcasm when she's talking about how she <laughs> loves being tossed around <laughs> to it's anybody. It's Yeah, but the best part of that, what really sold it, is when Kermit goes... Great! Like yeah. it totally went over his head. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, uh, let's see, where are we? And then we got uh, Samus has continued. Oh. Samus. What do, what do we think of Samus? The on the ongoing struggle with Samus, I love it. Is hilarious. It is I, hilarious. I, I didn't expect that to resurface. I, I didn't we just, But and then when it, I saw, I was like. Yes. Thank you. That was. It's still very funny. I don't know how much longer they can continue it, but. I hope they find a way to continue because that is watching Sam embarrass himself. Yes. Like watching Sam being oh. vulnerable like that in terms of this, he is just that person that wants to be like the complete like model of professionalism, and he's trying to hit on. Janice in such horrible, awful fashion. The least likely person. Oh, it was just great. And then Janice is like, like just with everything, just like completely oblivious about it. And it's just, it's it's so hilarious. Yes. Now, I I did a Twitter poll earlier this week, and uh, I don't know where everyone ranks on this, but who is Team Floyd and who is Team Sam? Wow. That's a tough question. Right? Because we've known, well, we've thought that it was Floyd and Janice until, well, that little bit in the van. And now, that was crazy. No, see, I'm Team Dr. Teeth. You're Team Oh! <laughs> All right, so we've got one for Team Teeth. Ariane, what do you think? I'm Team Floyd okay. all the way. That, that's right. the long-term relationship. Like, just the fact that he was so ticked about Janice oh thinking it wasn't a relationship, that was that was great. That was, yeah, yeah. Chris? I'm definitely Team Floyd, that's but right. I, I do enjoy watching Sam pathetically woo Janice. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I am, too. I'm, I'm, I'm Team Floyd, but I will watch Sam continue to attempt this for the rest of the season. Uh, so, uh, what do we think of Jason Bateman as a character in this show? Because he was playing a, a very interesting version of himself. You're right, and, and Ari and I were talking about this before we were recording. It's, it kind of goes back to the days of the old Muppet show, where 
a human cast member knew they could come on or a guest star, I mean, could come on and th they would know that they can, they can they can do anything they want to do on this show, you know. But the the main key to success is you take a couple aspects of your personality and you just amp those up all the way, turn it up to eleven on those, and that becomes a funnier version of you that you can play very naturally. So. Yeah, he came off as a Hollywood actor and the typical Hollywood sort of type. Yeah, and I think it uh, it worked very well. It served its purpose, I yeah. think, for this show. Uh, so um, the, now we, what we got to get to is when everything goes wrong on Scooter's Watch. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, this, of course, the main thing there that gets me is, I mean, yeah, we have the bit with Beaker, and that's fun. Uh, and Big Mean Carl, which is, it's always great to see him. Now, and let's wait. Before we get past ahead, Big go ahead, Mean go Carl, ahead. let's, my favorite Big Mean Carl moment ever now, have a, that I've seen it, is he comes back with the coffee, slips on the butter, and goes, son of a! <laughs> and, <that> was, <laughs> and I had to watch it back a couple times ago. Did that happen? Like, yep, that was, that was Big Mean Carl. That was great. I didn't even notice. I, yeah. I, I missed it. It's, it's very background. Like, the minute he slips, the camera pans away and you hear him. So it's it's that quick, but it's really, really funny. <laughs> uh, that's great. i got to go look for that. Yeah. These are the kinds of Easter eggs that you hear on Let's Talk Muppets, available at MuppetHub.com. Now, uh, uh, there are a lot of fun things in there. And with uh, Big Mean Carl, I, I really liked it when... Uh, Beaker gets frozen and slammed into the wall and falls down, and that Big was, Mean Carl's reaction is just looking down at him and going, shot. Hey, you want Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> Scooter's mom's body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great shot. <laughs> so that whole, that whole, and I mean, they had to make a Beaker puppet that's looked all frozen and everything. Like, that was some great building, some great technical work in this episode. Yes, it is. But then, what is my favorite part of the episode, probably? Uh, just in general, is when, uh, be, because I think this is one of Miss Piggy's finest moments over the past 15 years. I really do. This is it. This okay. is the one. It's the scene between Deadly and Piggy when her clothes get ruined. <gasps> oh, yes. And it is absolute perfection because, yes, it is. now who's, who's going to say why I think that this scene is absolute perfection? Why do you think that this scene is? Actually no, I want to guess. I want someone. Someone, come on. Oh, you can figure you this want one me out. To, to tell you what this you're isn't thinking. rhetorical. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not um, rhetorical. Go. No, I. I. I mean, why? I. I loved it for Uncle Deadly. I didn't love it for Piggy. So I guess I'm not sure why this is your favorite Piggy moment. Uh, well, uh, part of it has to do with the dynamic, and I think they made a very good dynamic there. Like a lot of They're times, a good your, team. Fa your favorite. Yes, yeah. uh, so a lot of times, your favorite Ernie moment or Bert moment will be an Ernie and Bertie sketch. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Ernie and Bernie. What the hey? Ernie and Bernie. Yeah, I don't good. know. I, I can't talk straight. It's not, okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, 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 maybe me using wrong voice no, for this no, podcast. No, you're not using. Go <laughs> back. No, Don't. No, me got to go back now. <laughs> Well, you a party pooper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, so much for that. Okay, I'm stuck with the frog then, stuck with the frog in my throat. But, uh, yeah, it was, that. I think what I liked about it yeah. was that was a dynamic that created a very, very, very special kind of carefully controlled, carefully handled pain for Miss Piggy. And what do I always say? How do I like my pig? You like the pain pig. In pain. Yes, yes. I like Miss Piggy to suffer. And here we saw Miss Piggy suffering in the funniest way possible. Because I was laughing and laughing at Uncle Deadly's oh, yeah. performance. But then 
that whole thing is uh, uh, it's topped off with Miss Piggy who has that ah, one last scream when, and when she well and yeah, when Uncle she Douglas head back and, couldn't be possible without Piggy's breakdown mm-hmm. so I, I mean I get it right yeah. and like that is the best Piggy breakdown I've seen in so long because when her head goes back and she screams mm-hmm. that was the biggest laugh in the show for me it was the biggest laugh in the and episode just, I, yeah, I those two that. characters fed off of each other I was like, gonna, yes. you can kind yes. of you can kind of tell that even though Uncle Deadly kind of gripes and, and moans and complains about being Piggy's wardrobe assistant like it was moments like that that he kind of he shines and he kind of needs it and like that's his role and he fulfills it and he takes care of her and there's a part of that like even though he complains about it and groans about it it's that that's his role that's where he feels needed Mm -hmm. and he was like genuinely comforting her even though she was totally upset for the craziest most ridiculous reason but and then the two characters themselves the two performers you could tell that they were feeding off of each other and it just made such a really hilarious but great moment between the two it was like a Bert and Ernie moment do you know what it reminds me of well he's he's such a a caretaker Uncle Deadly is a masterful caretaker of Piggy's delusion yeah oh yeah is what it is (laughs) because when he's a look at me that's a great way to put it (laughs) and then they're gone and he is completely serious. Oh, you're dead serious. He's right? like, he knows how much it's like she's upset about it. Yeah, like that. Oh, God, I can't tell you how much I love that exchange. Oh, it's Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say we're in a hotel after 11. Let's keep the volume down. Just a little okay. All Just right. for safety's sake. I had, I, yeah, I had to go there. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine. At least we didn't do the biggie scream. No, that's true. Because that what he reminded me of, though, this scene, I mean, I guess it reminded me of a few things, but it partly... Uh, uh, the first thing is I got a sense of a parent dynamic there, parent-child thing, and that he's oh, one yes. of, he's he's yeah. the she believes in Santa Claus and he's going to protect that yes no matter what day. and it's good yeah and uh, the second thing that I thought of this reminds me a little bit of a sketch that Jim Henson did with Kevin Clash's Elmo so it's clearly oh. one of the later Jim Henson things uh, that Kermit and Elmo did uh, and if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's the one about uh, the difference between happy and sad. Okay. You know what I'm, sketch I'm talking about? No, I'm going to have to go and look this All one right, up. You're going to have to you look this one up because I, I think I'm, I might have a reference to it at the very beginning of this episode of the okay. podcast. Perfect. Okay. No, I mean I'm going to parody that segment, so you need to watch it first so you're ready to listen to this episode. Okay. That's what I'm telling you. I get it. All right. That's fine. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, there's a moment in there when Kevin in his masterful, brilliant performance has the perfect timing at tipping Elmo's head back with a big scream so that it gets a huge, <laughs> huge laugh out of me every time. Gotcha. Because you just, Kermit says something and then you watch the gears turning in Elmo's mouth and then mm-hmm. it, it, his, his head just goes up. Nice. And he just starts screaming. And then uh, Scooter loses his mind in this and what happens when he freaks out? He swears by saying, oh, fiddle, fiddle. Oh, yeah. That was really funny, yeah. Scooter's character has really kind of evolved in a way that we haven't seen in other shows. Yes, and that's it's true. really weird yeah. in terms of he's talking about his his mom and and Steve or whoever the who's Ken the, Ken Ken, Ken, Ken he's dating Ken. yeah the rogue and he talks about Put on like, a living robe Steve now <laughs> oh, talks he talks God. about living with his mom and. 
And just then he was in the closet, like, staring at the cat poster. It's just like Scooter's <laughs> character is just really going somewhere that I've never expected you. And I don't know if I necessarily like it. It's funny. Yes. But it's, it, but it's also kind of weird in terms it, of, like, I mean, it, it definitely speaks to what they were saying about the series, is that you're going to learn more about these characters. Yeah. And you're seeing that with him. I just don't know if I necessarily like the direction that Scooter's character is going in. He kind of has this weird underside to him that we're, it's slowly yeah. coming no, out. See, like, oh, I was gonna say, I'm enjoying Scooter in the show, but <laughs> the, the the moments that you're talking about with his mom, and of course using, they were using his mom's credit card so she could get points. <laughs> yeah, but he's going to pay his own way. But he's going to pay his own way. But, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying that, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I guess it's funny, I don't know if it's something I want to see them keep cranking up because it is... It's a, a little unnerving. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, if you watch uh, Scooter at the TED conference that he did years ago, mm-hmm. that's where you first see David starting to develop his Scooter. And yeah. if you watch mm-hmm. that, and then you watch this, then you go, okay, this is Scooter. This is just the character that he has become over the past 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Because we haven't really seen him much in the past 25 years, and t- with the exception of... The TED conference, mm-hmm. his roles in the last two Muppet movies, and then the show. And you know what's what's kind of cool about Scooter now is that up until this show, I was always looking at Scooter as Richard's Scooter. Even in the mm-hmm. movies where I mean David has had him for a long, long time now, but every performance, I've always kind of looked back and compared it to what Richard was doing. But now in this show, like it really is David's Scooter. It's a different. It's it's the same scooter, but it's a it's a new character now. It's a completely different personality, and I completely buy it. And the one character that I really like the turn that it's taking is Bobo. I mean, we keep hearing yeah, more, more about Bobo's backstory than we've ever heard before. Like yeah, Bobo never... has always been this kind of character on the side that's really great comedic relief and is kind of like the bumbling bear yeah. but but we've it's we've learned a ton about Bobo in the series that like one he has a daughter that he sells yeah. Girl Scout yes. cookies for and yeah. that he apparently he was in the service yeah, and an repairing the... helicopters which and... explains maybe why he became an airport security oh, guard there you go yeah. see it all <laughs> makes sense but yeah. yeah it's just and they've done a, just a really good job with him where he still provides that comic relief at the level that he's done in other shows, but now we're just learning more about him, and it just makes what he does even funnier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, of course, the thing that we have to address, which is really the only thing we needed to address in the show if we wanted to keep it short, was just, uh, if we wanted to sum it all up, just, uh, look at me, I'm a fire goddess. Me too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. To watch Sam again just... <laughs> Go down that rabbit hole. Oh. And I, I want to know what Simmons. to what lengths will he stoop to try to attract the attention uh, of a blind squirrel who I'm not sure is ever going to get the nut. Uh, what did what did we think of Pentatonix as a musical guest? Okay, it, it made sense in the context of the episode. Yeah. Yes. Right. It made sense in the context of the episode, and. I generally enjoy what Pentatonix does. They're a little auto-tuned for me, but that, you know, everything yeah. is too auto-tuned for me. So, um, but I didn't, I wasn't really thrilled with, I, I wish they could have gotten more stage time. You know, I think that the way that they were used was great. 
I think the fact that they were used to set up one of my favorite Statler and Waldorf jokes of this series was great, but... You gonna tell that joke? No. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're not gonna get me to do the baseline. Uh, but uh, I also think that it felt to me a little bit like how Imagine Dragons felt to me. It, they kind of felt shoehorned into Yeah, just this. kind of yeah. got to like shoved at the end, yeah, for like and not a real good reason. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And as talented as I think they are, and as non-talented as I think Imagine Dragons are, I really think that uh, Pentadonks could have actually, they're, they're a great musical act. Let's give them some stage time. Yeah. You know. All right, Steve, it's time for what may be your favorite part of the episode. I'm still not going to do the baseline. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but this is a part that I really loved. Uh, as you may have noticed, it made me totally freak out. I the lost blueberry? it. The dirty blueberries? No, that's different. I forgot okay. to mention that. So that is, that is hilarious. <laughs> it, that's, that's the part of the show when I went, okay, that's good writing. That actually, that's, that's pretty that good. Was, it's good. simple, simple writing like that that works really, Such a great really site, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it relies very heavily on uh, Steve's performance. Yes, it and does. And his facial reactions. And generally, if the writers write stuff in such a way that it's going to rely on the uh, puppeteer's performance for the comedy, they will supply Then it. we're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. we'll just do anything that will let them do their thing and mm-hmm. let them shine, and it's going to be great. Yes. Uh, but what I was actually going to talk about was none other than your favorite dog and mine, Ralph. Oh yes, such a great the, moment. Yeah, the uh, yeah definitely the best moment. Would you like to read the quote? You know, I hate those yoga retreats. They, what is it? They tell you to relax, and then they put you outside with a million squirrels and won't mind their own damn business. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah, what do we yeah. think of uh, Ralph using profanity in this show? Uh, loved it. It was because it's not. It's. <laughs> That's like the most vanilla profanity you could possibly get. You know, it's it's no, not. No, Statler used the most. Yeah, okay. that's probably true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but you know, this it was a non-issue, and it was just it was so Rolf. You know, like it didn't it didn't stand out to me. It was know? it was Kermit standing next to the piano and Rolf playing the piano, and it was just kind of like. And it class, felt like a classic Muppet moment. And well, it's it was very evocative of that classic yeah. Muppet moment yeah. from the from the Muppet movie. Um, and, uh, Very so, nice scene. And then he starts chewing the shoe and tries to offer it. <laughs> well, and he talks about the. Uh, it's got an odor eater, so it has that smoky flavor. <laughs> That's what you're like. Oh, great. oh great. yeah, unsettling, but so funny. Yeah, and Rolf, as he's always kind of been, is that laid-back character. He he comes off as a little bit more wise in this. And I, I like that kind of Rolf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he's the bartender. He doesn't get all whipped out of shape like the rest of the characters do. That's never really. Well, no, I take it back. He's gotten rattled before, but but he is. This is very much the most. This is uh, post Jimmy Dean Ralph that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And uh, I I like it, and I wish he. You know, one of the nice things about the structure of Fraggle Rock uh, was that they would always take a break from the main characters to go to. Uh, the postcard from Uncle Traveling Matt, with the exception of a couple episodes. Right, right, exactly. And so I think that what this show could use is at some point in every episode, we cut over to a scene at Ralph's Tavern where we get some advice from Ralph. Whether he's telling that to a character that's related to the plot, or even if he just looks right at the audience and just gives us a bit of advice for the day. Something funny like that. But something. That would be a great segment. You're right. Another online petition. Here we go. Yeah, no, that's... That one's worth signing. 
Yeah, yeah, that's really good. If I can only, okay, there's uh, under Hilda, we've got uh, uh, Ralph gets his own advice. Seems like there's another show that they had sort of like a, a one of the characters was like the calm Zen sage kind of character that always did that. And I can't think of what it was, but there was some sitcom that that had that kind of device in it. I don't know. I am not remembering that. Uh, but well, what's nice about this ending, though, is that, uh, you know, eventually they do work out the problems. They do bring everything under control. Gonzo is satisfied, which is good, because he'd been worried about Scooter for a bit. Yeah, Gonzo was good in this one. Yeah. I like Gonzo in this He one, wasn't, yeah. like, front and center, but he was for Scooter what Rolf was for Kermit. Mm -hmm. uh, except that's uh, except that Gonzo didn't actually you know help the guy. No, but he he did. He told Scooter. He gave him a pep talk. He's right. like, I believe oh, you. Right. I know you can yeah, do that's this. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that scene. Sorry, I'm very forgetful at this time of night. <laughs> it, it's it's the late. All right, you guys, and so and uh, maybe that would be an interesting parallel. You know, Rolf. I mean, Kermit has his Rolf and and Scooter because Kermit is clearly grooming Scooter. Uh, you know, Scooter has someone in his corner, and really. Sco no, that and it was great when Scooter like sort of flubbed the line and said like, "Oh, he's my dad." He's like, "Oh, my oh. mentor, mentor." Oh, and that was like that was that was yeah. great. I don't know where that came. I know from, it's the whole like, other thing with like Scooter's character that's just kind of going all over the place. Yeah. but that was but that was so yeah. funny. That oh, was that really funny. like you want to hear the backstory to that one? No, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. It's uh, uh I I think that uh, what I just thought of that hadn't occurred to me before is that. Uh, it's very, very possible that even if the writers don't realize it now, uh, what the series might become is actually the story of how Kermit got Scooter ready to take over producing his own show. Maybe so. Mm -hmm. That would be a really interesting direction. If, if it's just gradually throughout the show, that's the way that it evolves, is that we see Scooter, who you never would guess is going to take over everything, uh -huh. ends up being uh, the boss of the show at the end. When, when Kermit finally decides uh, it's time to retire from producing. Or, 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 Kermit stays as the producer, but Scooter goes off and is the producer of another show, so now we have a spinoff. Yeah. Starring Kim. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Oh. By the way, did you like that uh, an episode or two back we got to see a little bit more Beard Guy? We get to see a beard guy every week. Yeah, but yeah. this for this time he actually had some sort of a role. No, that's true. Not yeah. not in this episode, but in the one I was talking about before. Never mind. I still want to. I still don't know who that is. I wish I, I knew the actor's uh, name because right now he's just bald head beard guy. Yeah. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and uh, that brings us back around to the Rainbow Connection conclusion. So I think we've gotten through just about everything important in this episode. So. Who wants to start with your favorite moment? Chris, do you have a favorite? My favorite moment. It would probably be the scene with uh, with Rolf, just because of the nostalgia there. I mean, it was great to finally see Rolf in a larger role on the series. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, just the uh, hintings it gave of the, the scene with the two of them in the Muppet movie, it was, it was just great. I, I loved that scene. Now, I am torn because I very much want to go with Ralph, 
I really, really want to go with that because, remember, this is like a top three favorite character of mine. I adore Ralph. I loved how he finally got more prominence in this one. He needs to be in every single episode of the show. I love this character with a passion. But I got to say that the part of the show that made me laugh out loud the most and made me so giddy with absolute joy was when uh, Uncle Dudley and Piggy had their moment with the dresses. That was, yeah. what's, that was what sold the episode for me. At that point, it's like... I'm good. I don't need to see anything else. This is a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. And favorite moment from you? I think this episode, the favorite moment is kind of all the subplots had a really good ending in terms of it was like a moral high ground, like there was a happy ending to kind of all the main stories that kind of taught some sort of lesson. And I thought the balance of that plus the humor just really thought they're really hitting their stride now. I can't wait to see what comes up next. It just totally felt right. So this kind of Kermit playing off at the end, the bits of nostalgia and the new stuff, it was just the whole balance was there. So just kind of seeing all of that sort of come to at the end was great. Mm. I think for me it's the the element of the character duo. Who asked you? <laughs> oh, oh. All right, let's move on to oh. a toast and a roast. <laughs> No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, I, I think the character duos, that we, we've kind of been touching on that all throughout. Yeah, you know? they I mean, were great this episode, yeah. You, you have Deadly and Piggy, you have Kermit and Rolf, and you have uh, Fozzie and, and, I mean not Fozzie, uh, Gonzo and Scooter. Yeah. And yeah. Sam and Janice. And Sam and, and Janice. And yeah. Samus, they, you can't forget Samus. Like, and, and as you can't forget Samus. We talked about, for a very, very long time, that Muppet, it, Muppet duos are what really make... The characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't even have to be permanent buddies throughout everything like Bert and Ernie. It's just two characters that really bounce off of each other well are what make the best elements in the Muppets for us. So um, now that we had an opportunity to really see that a lot in this episode, like, okay, we're definitely, we're, we're really coming along here and this is really entertaining and funny and exactly what it should be. If the show keeps focused on getting one character playing off of another and we're okay. Not just Piggy feuding with whatever random yeah. celebrity is on the show that week. That's yeah. Those are the weeks I think we've agreed that it's fallen flat. You are going to get one Muppet having to deal with another Muppet's craziness. Yes. And yeah. then we're set. Yeah. Totally. All right, and so uh, do we. A toast and a roast would take a long time with all of us, and it's getting late now. I sort of. We've sort of done that yeah sort of yeah so maybe we'll skip that one this time start to wrap things up all right uh well in that case uh would you like to give your information one last time and tell sure yeah yeah so we'll keep the conversation going on the muppet cast with all this kind of stuff and more so uh find me over at muppetcast.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash muppetcast the itunes feed is muppetcast.com slash itunes twitter and instagram are both at muppetcasts and uh there's new uh, news stories and all kinds of stuff being posted at MuppetCast.com all the time, thanks to Chris Harris and uh, all the wonderful volunteers over at MuppetCast.com. I, I couldn't do any of this without them helping me uh, keep my insanity in order. So uh, thanks to all those guys, and with that, I'll hand it over to Chris. I'm Chris Harris. I uh, am a contributor at MuppetCast.com. As Steve said, I can be found on Twitter at MasterCHarris. Is that about, is that, okay, all right, well, you know, I am Kermit the Frog, and you can find me on Twitter, at Kermit the Frog. Such an idiot. And, uh, (laughs) 
That is a very Muppety thing to say. And I'm Sam the American Eagle, back from my prowl. It was very successful. You cannot find me on Twitter because Twicky is... Twicky? Twitter is yucky, is what I meant to say, and immoral, and disorderly, and let's bring it back I'm to... I'm pretty sure Sam does have a Twitter. Mm-mm. Many of the Muppet characters do. Nope. Are you positive? You gotta look it up right now. Here we go. Search bar. Sam. <laughs> That's not official, so no. Okay, alright. I think he temporarily borrowed uh, the Muppets. Hi, JT. So, yeah. <laughs> JT Hanks, I, I came back, back from back. the prowl. Oh, I wow. came back from the prowl. Oh. Yes. So you Wait. were on the prowl. You came back. I was. I was on the prowl. And, you know, I came back in a relationship were, were, with Janice. Were what you, do you know? Were you Sam's wingman? Ah. 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 <laughs> Ar- Ariane, anything? I am Ariane Gallagher. You can find me in person at Washington D.C. <laughs> and if you really want to read anything that I post on Twitter, it's AJG Law eighty six. But come find me in D.C. and we'll check out all the great Muppet stuff that's around there. Which is a fair amount. Yeah, ton with the University of Maryland and the Smithsonian. Tons yes. of great stuff. Yeah, I'll have to write an article about it. Yes, yes, you will. Okay, and I am the real J.D. Hansel. Please keep an eye on MuppetHub.com by going to MuppetHub.com slash Facebook to follow us on Facebook. Follow me at JD11PC. Follow this show, Let's Talk Muppets, at New Muppet Show. And I think that's about all I have to say. Also, you can subscribe in iTunes. I should have mentioned that. Mm. Subscribe to 11 Point Collar, and that's where you'll see all the episodes of Let's Talk Muppets. And keep a lookout for more news on Turkey Hollow and Center for Puppetry Arts stuff. And I think that's about it, so we can wrap it up by saying whatever we say when we end this show. Which we still don't really have. We still don't know. I'm a fire goddess. <laughs> there we go. That's yes. what we say. I'm JD Hansel. That's what we should And do. I'm a fire goddess. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's good. That's it. We got it.